0: art comedy pop culture and much more you're listening to acpn
1: okay here we go
0: Something, something, something Okay, here we go Hey everybody, I'm James Hatton I'm podcast Rob And it's time that we look at something in review and It is a special something Oh my god, it's still so clapping
1: Special something We have a lot something of fans. Review, well, you can't, we do You can't just like tell people to, hey, stop
0: That's fair, it was more that Uh, Notoriously, uh, the applause effect doesn't come through completely over my headphones, so I hear... Oh, I see. So I'm just talking over... I'm being rude to our fans. But not with this episode. With this episode, we are celebrating a fan. Correct. So this is the first review episode of 2023.
1: Uh, And not only that, but it is... Uh, It was suggested to us by one of our patrons, uh, Douglas B., one of our higher-tier patrons. You know, let me just go over the Patreon there for those of you who might be listening and have forgot how this works. For $2 a month, not only do you help support our show and help us do some awesome things that we can make better shows for you down the road, but you also get our episodes early access on Saturday instead of Tuesday, And you get them unfiltered and uncut. So like the eight and a half minutes of stuff me and James just bullshitted about before we actually started the show, you'll get to hear that as a patron. At higher level tiers, not only do you get to hear all that, but you get to suggest things that we do on the show. So Doug chose to give us a movie to review. And I'm going to be honest. This is not a movie that normally would have crossed our crosshairs to do on this show. So, for those of you who are listening and have ever thought, man, they'd never do this movie, but I think it would be hysterical if they do, there's a way to make us do that right over on patreon.com slash something something cast.
0: And to to address the uh, pre-record, post-record thing, sometimes... You get five minutes of us going. Uh, is my mic sound tinny? And another half the time, you get us having a conversation about what we were just eating. It's really the the money you give gives you so much. For the cost of a cup of coffee a day, you can send the somethings to Tijuana, uh, or something. The movie we are doing is a little flick. Um, That I, the minute you said it, I I have a box art in my head. I immediately remembered the way it looks because I know on various streaming platforms, I've looked at it multiple times. Because it, if you squint, it fits into one of my favorite genres of films. (gasps) But only if you squint. Because it's about bank robberies and heists. And so... Of course I'm going to look at it and go, mm, is this a heist film? Maybe I should watch it. And I guess it sort of
1: is. It it's is, It's heist adjacent.
0: Yeah. It's yeah, son of heist. <laughs> it is bandits. 2001 film starring uh, Bruce Willis, Sling Blade, and Kate Blanchett.
1: So a, you and I had very similar responses to this. Because, uh... Doug emailed me and said, uh, so I made my choice. Uh, I'd <laughs> like you to review Bandits. And my response was, Bandits? Bruce Willis? Billy Bob? Interesting choice. So I immediately, but immediately meaning when I got home that day, uh, messaged you and said, so the movie is Bandits. And your response was, really? Bruce Willis? <laughs> Slingbane? <laughs> Interesting. So... Yeah, I I like that, you know, after nine years of doing the show, we have not drifted apart on how we view certain things.
0: Yeah, 1,000%. So, let's get to my first question before we get into the meat and potatoes. Okay. Was this movie suggested to us? Like, my sister may suggest a movie to us in so much as, oh i need them to have to be subjugated by this or was this suggested to us like i love this movie and i need to share it with more people do you happen to know where on the scales you, our patron sort of sort of fit
1: so i do know cuz they had they had um contacted me back and forth a couple times as they were making their decision uh they had kind of narrowed it down to 3 Okay, But the two other ones they felt were far too, I don't want to say mainstream, but too no-brainer. Like, oh, of course somebody's going to pick that movie because it's, you know, an amazingly world-renowned, well-loved movie. Mm, Fair enough. So they wanted to go something that was a little bit, slightly more off the radar. Uh, Plus, if I remember correctly, uh, they had watched this originally when they were... Uh, younger, mm-hmm. and it impacted them in a very funny way when they originally watched it, and that kind of stuck with them. Like we all have that movie. Like, yeah, I haven't seen that movie in twenty years, but I could probably quote eighty percent of it because it just hit me in a certain way at a certain time in a certain location it. that just burned it into my brain. Um, and I think that's where we kind of fell with bandits.
0: Okay. So that I feel less guilty because I I feel less guilty at the end of this movie. And I'm letting you know, patrons, if you suggest movies, I, midway through, I'm just kind of scratching my head at, like, why is this
1: movie? So, yes. Also, patrons who do want to suggest movies for us to review, uh, be advised, it may not make it to the actual recording session, but as we are discussing... The movie, as we are watching it either at the same time or within days of each other, totally judging you on your choice. Oh, God. Just letting you know, totally judging you on your choice. Yes. So that judged. said, uh, yeah, is this a movie? It's kind <laughs> like so it doesn't even it's listed as a criminal comedy drama, not really listed as a heist movie. Although it is loosely, finger quotes, funny, uh, based on <laughs> real life bank robbers, Terry right. Lee Connor and Joseph Darty,
0: Which, that alone made me take a, I had to take a step back and like reassess what I, when I saw that and I looked through what they did. And the thing that they took from those guys seems to be a lot of the methodology. They were bank robbers in 1986. Uh, they went to the bank manager's homes, the night before, you know, and not for nothing. That, as a premise, is kind of fun. Like, we can rob the bank by going to the manager's house the night before so there's nothing they can do to stop us. Right. Um, I don't know how well it would work in practice. I mean, those guys did it for a while, and they are on Unsolved Mysteries. So, I guess something went right for them. Sorry, Will, what was your... What was your overall impact? Like, what was
1: your, what was, what My was the overall? first thing that stood out to you?
0: Aside from the fact that it's Cape Blanchett, which stands out to me in its own very special way. Well, um, yes. It is a movie. I, at the end of the movie, I had to go look to see whether, like, somebody specific did the soundtrack. Because this movie felt like it was trying to sell the uh, motion picture soundtrack of bandits. It was such an audio movie. There is like four different music breaks, and that's even before we get to them singing Jim Steinman, uh, "Total Eclipse of the Heart." Like, there's like four different m- music montages. Um, but the movie confused me for for trying to understand what it was because it just is like six different movies blended so, all of them f- focusing on one thing where this movie was like mm, I'm a shark cuttery of of genre
1: I mean the fir- so the first thing that anybody needs to understand going into this movie is that it is told 90% in flashbacks
0: oh yes good call. like the
1: movie kicks off where they're Bobby at Slade. That, they're at that we just need one more big heist and then we're out um hmm. And that big heist is starting to go awry. And then we kind of go, well, how did we get to this situation? And it shows everything that was the lead up to that. Um, Before we I, did... Oh, go ahead.
0: Go ahead. Oh. The
1: first thing that hit me was... I don't know how seriously I can take this movie. Because mm-hmm. the first thing, the first person that we really see... Is the character of Darren Head, who is doing this kind of uh, reality TV show called "Criminals at Large," um, and the person who plays Darren Head is Bobby Slayton, who I remember and know the the name and the face as he's a comedian, he's a stand up comic.
0: Yep, one hundred percent. And that's the only a thing I know him one.
1: as. So the minute I see that, I'm like, oh, so this whole thing's gonna be a joke. Like, like I can't take anything that he is talking about seriously because mm-hmm. uh, I only see him in the guise of, well, he's a comic. So yep. everything he's saying is going to be some sort of joke.
0: And to his defense, they probably chose him because he's got that voice. Like Bobby Slayton, he's got one of these deep, I swallowed gravel with my gasoline voices. Oh, know? absolutely. 100%. Um, but I did have in that opening sequence, I was trying to figure out very quickly. Number one, I didn't believe Bobby Slayton when he was like, and they're dead. Nor did I believe either character saying like, um, well, what about Kate? Well, Kate's the one that got us here. Dirt, Already I was sitting there going, are they good actors because this is, they're clearly lying? And I'm supposed to know they're lying or have I seen too many of these fucking movies and I just know they're lying and they're alive somewhere. Cause there was not an ounce of tragedy in the film for me to believe that like this ends on a very dour, sad note
1: watching the beginning of that and seeing them argue like that, even though I haven't followed professional wrestling in a very, very long time. Okay. My brain immediately went, if the audience is seeing this, it's a work. And the fact right. that they were doing all of this arguing in front of all of the hostages that they had in the mm-hmm. bank, I'm like, somehow this is a work. Not sure how, but this just doesn't feel legit. This is this is some sort of a work. And then um, later, uh, I will later say in the film. Oh, the very second thing that hit me when I was watching this movie, and it's probably mm, three minutes in, and I had to pause the movie to type this very important note what the fuck is Bruce Willis wearing on his head? Yeah. He looks like a wish Lucius Malfoy. (laughs) The hairpiece that they gave him, (laughs) like, still had the Bruce Willis of the time frame receded hairline, Mm -hmm. but then it had this party in the back thing that went well past the collar, but it was still very thinning and like I I don't know what they were going for I don't really know I kind of got the feeling as the movie goes on and they're they're uh going to bank managers homes the night before because they get known as the sleepover bandits because they basically kidnap the bank managers the night before so they go to work with them in the morning so there's nobody to trip any alarms but they're always dressed up in a different way and I'm like did somebody literally say how many different outfits can we get these guys to wear cuz every I mean, time they go yeah. it was it was some different over the top outfit and i don't mean over the top like it was an elton john concert but like one minute you know bruce willis has like you know the the fucking Boston Blackie, pencil thin mustache, and the slick back hair, and the next time he's got like you know the horn rimmed spectacles and the three piece suit with the bucket hat on, and it's just like every outfit was like,
0: who the like who made these choices? Right, and the next time he's in a Napoleon hat and he's speaking with a French accent, like it was every single time you saw him. A, and if they had said if they had blown it's like. I wear crazy outfits, so that's all you remember. I almost would be like, you know what? Fine, 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 fine. Typical, typical heisty setup. Um, the And that would have made
1: sense if they even spent three seconds. Yeah. Saying, well, I mean, jazz it up a bit. Like, you can't just go in there in a suit and tie. You got to jazz it up a bit, so that's what they focus on. Oh, good call. Like, that's really all they needed.
0: Which uh the the third of the triumvirate of characters um is Kate Blanchett, a younger oh. Kate Blanchett looking a
1: younger redhead Kate Blanchett.
0: yeah, looking uh fantastically Kate Blanchetti uh I, if she was a male she would be Kate what is it plant pan oh it's pancetta never mind bad pun that I fucked up move on um, Sure did. She is having a row with her husband. Uh, he's probably cheating on her. She is just overly lovey-dovey um, manic. She is in the car singing totally clips of the Heart. And in a Marty McFly scene that makes absolutely no sense, she hits Sling Blade. He was going to heist her car. She just plows through him. And then... He can't get out of the car with her, so he takes her to said, like, hiding spot for the for the bad guys. That's her introduction. Her introduction is completely farcical, fine. But it continues to go, and I think the idea is that we're supposed to be like, oh, she just won't leave because this is what she needs in her life right now. Um, But it really comes across silly. It, it comes across, like, beyond... Hey, we're a comedy movie. It comes across as farcical, more farcical than like the two teenagers who were like, what are you guys going to do? You're going to kill us. And then next time we see them, they're like, those guys were a-okay. Her inclusion of the movie is not just like shoehorned in. It's jaws a into this movie.
1: So... I have two notes about Kate's character. Uh Please. Kate's character is uh she Kate. plays the part of Kate Wheeler. Yeah. <clears throat> Kate with a K versus Kate with a C Blanchett.
0: I mean big change, big difference.
1: So I go uh my first note is Kate is virtually every one of my ex-girlfriends all rolled <laughs> up into one cliche. Yeah, I kind of a little bit. And I I knew you would I knew we were kindred spirits in that respect. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, the next note I have is when uh I I think it's Bruce Willis's character. No, it's Billy Bob's character, Terry Collins, when he's trying to talk Bruce Willis as Joe Blake out of getting involved with her. And he says, Kate is an iceberg waiting for the Titanic, to which I looked at the screen and said, yep, every one of my (laughs) ex-girlfriends. 100%. Um, There were parts in the movie that I found very amusing when they are doing. So you mentioned total eclipse of the heart. Uh, there's a part where, you know, well, we can't send her back home. So she has to stay here. So her and Bruce Willis are on a bed with a blanket hanging between them to, you know, keep everything on the up and up, I guess. And Bruce Willis is reading quotes out of a book. Uh, I know they reference, uh, Uh, like Sun Tzu and stuff like that throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that was the book he was reading. But anyway, he's reading these quotes and she's like in the, in the, the, on the bed next to him beyond the blanket and making
0: vocal notice me pleases.
1: Exactly. So uh, she finally just like, you know, trying to curl up and, and, and get into and out of her own head in the situation starts reciting a line from Total Eclipse of the House. Total Eclipse of the Heart. And Bruce Bruce (laughs) Willis responds. And all of a sudden, her ears perk up like Scooby-Doo. And she does another line, and he responds back. And then we cut to Billy Bob in the next room, and he's like, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh, my God. Give me a break. To which I said, same, girl. Same. (laughs) Like, it just felt so ham-fisted like the only thing they were missing was like crow t robot popping up from the bottom of the screen holding up a sign going this is where the romance starts
0: <laughs> and her line is do you know that song everybody knows that song yeah exactly it's total and fucking he's like clips of the heart. i'm
1: embarrassed to say it but that song used to get to me when i was younger everybody knows that fucking song bruce clearly that was on, you know, page five of the, you know, the, the womanizer handbook. <laughs>
0: but, and when he was a kid, total comes with the heart came out in 1983. He was yeah. already 30, maybe not 30, but, um, the story goes on where they are continuing to heist banks. Um, when we meet out of nowhere for with like out of, for no reason, we meet his cousin, nephew, friend, person, oh, um, who is not Polly Shore. He's like Pauly Shore squinting du- the stunt double. Yeah, wish um, Polly Shore. Yeah, exactly. Wish Pauly Shore, uh, who is out of nowhere, a special effects artist, and they are showing how special effects squibs work. I was like, oh, I see. Okay. This is not relevant to the plot. Yeah. This will never appear again. Chekhov's special effect. Um one quick note about Holly not Polly Shores girl who is a, the dumbest subplot in the entire goddamn film. Um we'll get to it in one second. Subplot girl, January Jones. Yep. Which is wonderful. It's her best role ever. Yeah. She has no <laughs> lines.
1: So I I have a note cuz towards the end he finally catches up with her and he's like uh he like he pulls up next to her and he's like hey I'm going to Hollywood you want to join me? She looks at him and goes no. And I hit pause and said the no is the most intense acting January Jones has <laughs> ever done in her career.
0: God, I hate that woman. Uh- <laughs> but not for nothing she's she's a very she was a very attractive young lady she just made a very horrible actress and everything else ever um the the subplot of her is we keep he keeps seeing her pulling over the side of the road watching her drop groceries seeing her change attire seeing her blow up the kremlin like every time we see her she's on the side like oh i dropped some oranges and it just so happens to be outside his car and finally when he finally deems talking with her she's Now they're dating and she's in on the heists and okay. That was helpful.
1: So, yeah. So the, the, the end result is we finally end up circling back around to the beginning of the movie.
0: Eventually. And and we,
1: and we see the heist as it's going on and we kind of pan into a ambulance that's parked around the corner. And there's Wish Pauly Shore and January Jones, (laughs) and they're directing Bruce Willis and Billy Bob on how they should be arguing with each other and when they start shooting at each other and Mm. activating these squibs. So to the police outside uh, who have already made comments, let's just relax. They're known to be nonviolent, like nothing's going to go crazy. So, shit hitting the fan completely uh, outside of what they've done historically in the past. Uh, the cops see it. The hostages see it. It's all happening in broad daylight. They end up shooting each other dead. Ambulances come in, put them in body bags, take them to the morgue. Oh, but it's not the ambulances. It's Wish Polly Shore and January womp, Jones. Womp. That and we- they escape with, you know, a body bag full of money and all this other stuff. Blah, 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 blah.
0: No suspense. Absolutely none. What would have idea- been
1: better... In my opinion, is if they showed the entire shootout in that beginning scene where we see them starting to argue, but we don't see the ambulance thing, Mm -hmm. you know, we can see the ambulance come in. We see that maybe we don't see who the ambulance people are, but we see the body bags get picked up. We see them go into the ambulance. We see the ambulance drive away. And then it's like, okay, now how did we get here? And then we see how the sausage was made at the end, yep. but building up that that very over the top argument with no real payoff before we go to that and let's see how we got here. It just felt like they were giving you the elbow in the ribs, like hey, people are going to think they really kill themselves. Wait till we show them that they don't. It, it just it like you said there was there was no tension. There was no. It, it it lacked impact because we got the sense from the very beginning that this was all just a setup.
0: Yeah, if he, I mean, they call uh Kate Blanchett and they're like, look, right before, look, we're gonna do one more thing. It's gonna work. She's like, no, please, not, not. And they're like, no, 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 you gotta help us here. And you're like, okay, well, she's in on it. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, that doesn't. Okay, now. We did not discuss the role of Cain Blanchett, and, and I think it's something to address, if only minorly, that she is playing the threesome character. She is, she's in love with both of them, and it's, they're fighting for her in like a Tom and Jerry fight, not like with any seriousness or, it's just a weird Dynamic in the emotional sense that they're like, oh, we do heists together and we also both love this girl and we're fighting about it. I just drugged him. Isn't that zany?
1: Yeah, it did feel really weird when she pulls up with Billy Bob after. So like. Their modus operandi is they rob a bank, they split up and they kind of lay low for a month or two and then they kind of reconnect and then they do it again. So she had been with Bruce Willis for the first couple heists. And then one of them almost kind of goes awry, so Bruce Willis is like, "Look, get her out of here." She ends up with Billy Bob for like a month or two, or whatever it was. And when they catch back up, they're like, "Well, you, well, she's gotta choose like she's got to pick one of us da." da, da, da. And she's like, well, you know, when I first joined your, your little, you know, bank robbery group, I fell for the rugged guy, the handsome she's guy. And Bruce Willis kind of standing there smirking, puffing his chest out like, yeah, of course, makes total sense. Um, and then she starts doing the same thing. But then, but then I fell in love with the smart guy, with the emotional guy. And he's like, and it just felt so like 11 year olds on the playground, and kind of also, scene between the three of them and how, well, I don't want to choose because I'm not going to choose. So
0: it's, it's also a direct rip of the like emotional tensiony relationship stuff from the actual movie threesome with, uh, Lara Flynn Boyle. Like that's the, the, she uses the line like together, you're the perfect man. And like, that's the exact premise of that movie. Right. Ugh. um, What the one last no, go ahead. Go ahead. I have one last point about the uh, end sequence that I wanted to address. Um, Cops, when there is a, a bank robbery, they traditionally in movies they circle around the bank like they do. We see it, it's all very big open glass. Cops are very, very prone to when two dudes start fighting and start shooting each other. One guy runs in and the, and the guy in charge puts his hand on his chest and goes, hold up, hold up. Let's see how this plays out. They're shooting each other and there's still hostages in there. You dumb bastards. Yeah. What? I saw it and I was like, that, okay. Um, it, like Maybe if they'd let the hostages go, I'd get it. They had let some of them, but not all of them. There are still people there. And now they're blowing shotguns and and bullets at each other. And the one guy's just like, they're they're shooting each other. This this, this might answer itself for us. Exactly. Hang on there. We might not have
1: to do anything.
0: Easy. Day at the office. I've never seen this ambulance. Let them through. Um, Go ahead. So the... uh, Since this
1: was... Like, I had just watched this... A uh, couple weeks before we recorded this, in the relationship between Bruce Willis's character of Joe Blake and Billy Bob's character of Terry Collins, I kept seeing echoes of other partnerships like that. Um, okay. Even though these clearly came before those other partnerships were filmed since I didn't see this movie until now, I'm watching this movie going, you know, mom, dad, can we have the Gecko brothers, please? Well, we have the Gecko brothers at home. <laughs> like it felt like, <laughs> uh, Clooney and Tarantino at times from, uh, from Dust to Dawn. It felt like Castor Troy and Pollux Troy from Face Off at various times. All of those kind of weird Brother or Brother Lee, where one's kind of a jock and one's kind of a techie nerd relationship mm-hmm. things. Um, It felt that way. It probably had some echoes of Riptide in there at some point between the My two God. of them. But, like, I kept watching this going, I have seen this pairing before. And it it just... Maybe if I had seen this when it came out in 2001, it, I wouldn't have had that kind of immediately feel like, oh, I know how this relationship between the two of them is going to end up because I've seen it in other movies, even though those movies
0: didn't come out until after
1: the fact. Right.
0: Well, maybe, maybe this specific uh, one of these. I mean, okay, to writers. be fair, From
1: Dust Till Dawn was 96, and this was 2001, so that was already out there from them.
0: So the the writer of this movie went on to write this screenplay for Catwoman. So maybe not. Um, and face and off was and... nine. okay. So ignore
1: everything I just said.
0: Yeah, Dustil Dawn was ninety six.
1: Dustil Dawn <laughs> was ninety six. Face <laughs> off was ninety seven. This is two thousand one. So
0: you never know when Dusty Dawn I, is. You've gotten that year wrong. I've, like I I am
1: terrible when it comes to movies in the years they came out because I sometimes I don't watch them the year they come out. So I yeah I have. Um,
0: now the, the the director of this film did a couple amazing movies. He was, uh, and I don't know whether he was full on director or whether he was partial director, but uh, Rain Man, Good Morning Vietnam, like, holy shit, those are those are some movies with, uh, they're just phenomenal films. But also, The Bay, Sphere, which is forgettable, Toys, which I know you love. Wag the dog. Like, he's got a weird mix, but uh, the fact that it was written by the same person who wrote uh, Catwoman really made me laugh. So, yeah. This was uh, the other
1: The other thing that I did read in the trivia that I thought was hilarious, uh, Billy Bob Thornton apparently actually in real life has a phobia of antique furniture. <laughs> Billy
0: Bob's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> It, there's nothing you could say about Billy Bobber. I'm like, yeah, that checks out. you like, yeah, he, eats well, just
1: he makes that kind of throwaway line as he's just babbling incoherently because his character is kind of a hypochondriac, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so when he, he he's just rambling about, you know, I'm he he says I'm going to die. I, got, I clearly I got a tumor because he says one of my pupils is dilated, smaller than the other. I'm <clears throat> I'm going to die from a brain tumor. I I have a phobia of antique furniture for God's sakes, and and you're just like. Okay, that's kind of a funny line, and then Sorry. you read in the trivia, oh, Billy Bob Thornton has a phobia of antique furniture in real life, and your only response is, of course.
0: Yep. <laughs> As you do.
1: <laughs> yeah, because it's fucking Billy Bob Thornton. He has a vial of his ex-girlfriend's blood around his neck. Um, apparently, wow. Val Kilmer was supposed to play the part that Bruce Willis played, and Bruce Willis was originally supposed to play Billy Bob's part. Uh, but hmm. Kilmer had to back out due to scheduling conflicts, and uh, Bruce Willis took over as the part of Joe. All right,
0: put your imagine hat on,
1: and is picture, this a better br-
0: picture. Yeah. yeah, Val Kilmer and Bruce Willis doing that. How do you... I don't how does Bruce Willis? But you know, the only movie I can think of where Bruce Willis played the like cornball was Death Becomes Her.
1: Uh, I mean, I he kind of... of played. Oh, you mean cornball in that respect? Yeah. In the same
0: way that, in the same way that Sling Blade was. Well, and Moonlighting. That's fair. But I mean, that's, that's, that's a cut above. Uh, my favorite review here. There's a Roger Ebert review, which I think encapsulates this movie perfectly. He says, it's rare for a movie to have three such likable characters and be so unlikable. that's fair. I was like, you know what? That's really accurate because Bruce Willis plays a really charming, sly, suave Bruce Willis character. Billy Bob plays a not unpleasant hypochondriac Billy Bob character. Kate Blanchett point made bandits. Um, Cost 75 million made 67. So it was not what we would refer to as a success.
1: As a roaring success.
0: And it came out in October, which is not a great time for movies anyway. So I think they knew. What was it going up against, though? That's a great question. And the sort of things we should start putting on our list of research to do. Uh, What was that? 2001, October. 2001, box office. Let's find out together. Ginger Snaps was... Number 21. Um, all right, So, top 10, just to drive through quick. Donnie Darko, My First Mister, Focus, Fat Girl, Ashoka, the Great, Trembling Before God, The Endurance, Waking Life, Mulholland Drive, Life as a House. I, I recognize two,
1: two titles <laughs> yep. out of what you of read. Movies. Yeah.
0: Um, those are the top grocers of... October not even like that's not even the week that's the month of October that's how shit that month was we know two of those movies what is life as a house I know this has unrelated to anything oh it's a cancer movie okay meaning it's super sad probably won an Oscar I don't I didn't see it. Um, but Ginger Snaps is number 21 that month so with that said, um, so uh, just to yeah, I'm please. sorry, just
1: to throw out no, other movies explaining. that came out, uh, that year 2001, uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Shrek, Rush Hour 2, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings. So, this is the year in which Bandits came out, yeah. So, yeah, October, uh, Oh, so From Hell came out? Uh, Okay, Okay. so I have, hang on, I have a better list here. So, in September, we had
0: The Musketeer, which was not good. I apologize. I was looking at limited release.
1: Yeah. Uh, We had The Musketeer, which was not good. Uh, We had Keanu Reeves in Hardball. We had Training Day. Uh, I'm sorry, October. Now we have Training Day. We have From Hell. We have K-Pax. And then we have Monsters, Inc.,
0: It was number five. These are
1: number one films. Number one films at the box office in October. So So this came out. When did. uh...
0: So to give you the top 10, just I got it up. Yeah. yeah, Number one was Training Day. Number two was K-Pax. Number three was Serendipity. Number four was 13 Ghosts. Bandits. From Hell. Riding the Car with Boys. Quirky Romano. Joyride in the Last Castle. So the so yeah apologize. the week
1: that Bandits came out it came out on October twelfth, uh, was the week that Training Day one was number one for the
0: week. Yeah, and Training Day was probably number one for like four weeks, given that was so that was a big movie. Two different weeks. <clears throat> there you go. You had a Training Day for two weeks, and then From
1: Hell, and then K Pax.
0: But yeah, October is not known for. Because we are uh four weeks away, let's see, November sixteenth, one month from that time, Harry Potter came out. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter, Monsters Inc., Shallow Hal, Spy Game. Like did that and that's the big money movies wait till November so they can have it for Thanksgiving break and to, and Christmas break. Sure. You put out your thoughtful film or yeah. your Monsters Inc. is number one down. for two
1: weeks, Harry's uh Harry Potter and the Saucer Stone from November eighteenth to December second. And then Ocean's Eleven took it over in December 9th.
0: Yeah, it did. Ocean's Eleven beat Harry Potter the same way monkeys beat the Beatles. It's a true story. Have anything else to add? Uh, No. Yeah. First off, thank you to our patron for suggesting this film. It was, uh, it was nice to go in and not... I loved the idea that Rob and I didn't have to be like, So, did you watch? No, I'm not gonna either. All right, what about? Mm, Maybe. It was really nice to not have to do that. We could sit down, relax, turn our brains off, and watch uh, some other piece of crap somebody else suggested. (laughs) Please, suggest more pieces of crap to us. And you can do that where,
1: Rob? You can go to somethingcast.com which is our webpage and repository of all things something. It's where you can find us on all of your different podcatchers of choice. It's where you can find all our initial, different social media links, as well as our Patreon, which we mentioned at the top of the show, patreon.com slash something something cast. Sorry, first day with the new dentures. Mm, um, easy for you to say. But yeah, you can go over to somethingcast.com, find everything you need to know about the somethings over there.
0: Oh number ten in November was Amelie. We should watch Amelie. I should watch Amelie. Amelie's really good. Yes. You should do all those things. I'm gonna go watch Amelie. Maybe one yeah. of our
1: patrons will suggest that movie.
0: Suggest so Amelie? I don't think so. That'd be a You weird never one know. Yeah. It's true. Do you think it's one of true. our do you think going into this we would have thought, hey, one of our patrons is gonna suggest bandits? Nope, that's a fair point. I would have much more like the the difference between the way you and I think. You would think some big movie that we probably have said somewhere that we haven't seen it, nor will we. I would immediately be like, they're going to make us, like, watch some public access Jack and the Giant Killer. The peanut butter experiment. that's what I would suggest. All right, everybody. Thank you all. Happy 2023. First review of the year. I'm James Hatton. I'm Podcast Rob. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Okay. Something, something, something. Okay, here we go.